And I will invite you to take your Bibles tonight. Let's turn to the book of Judges, chapter number 15. Book of Judges, chapter number 15. When we look at Scripture, we must remember that it's here for our benefit. Paul wrote, they are written for our admonition. Over the last four Bible studies and Judges, we've looked, been looking at Samson's life. The story of Samson's life has to be one of the most, I believe, tragic stories in the entire Bible. I remember as a, as a child growing up, uh, thinking when they, every time I would hear the story, uh, you know, why didn't Samson learn from his mistakes? And you know what? We don't always learn from our mistakes either, do we? You know, we, sometimes we learn. We learn the hard way. And, and he, he, uh, he did some things, but God used him anyway. Okay, I want you to know it's, it's tragic uh, because he had so much potential that God uh, had for him, that, but he wasted a lot of it. As he was separated into God from his conception, what might his life have been like had he honored that separation on his end? I believe Samson missed out on God's best for his life. Yes, he was used by the Lord as a mighty deliverer for his people. But he wasn't much of an example when it came to godly character. <laughs> he just wasn't. There was so much more that he could have been for the Lord, but he wasted much of that potential. God took even the way that he was and used it for his purposes. And, that, and that's what we see in Samson's life. How does a person avoid wasting their life? Well, we can learn a lot of stuff and from Samson. And so far, we've said we can avoid wasting our life by benefiting from spiritual influence God places around us. Um, we avoid wasting our life by making wise decisions. We can avoid wasting our life by focusing on God's blessings. And we can avoid wasting our life by choosing the right kind of friends and companions. Now, Tonight we want to see that we avoid wasting our life by responding rightly when we've been wronged. You know, that's one of the hard thing, hardest things to do, isn't it? If somebody wrongs you, you just want to get back at them. And that's what uh, Samson, how Samson responded. We'll, we'll see that. Let's read Judges 15, just the first eight verses tonight we'll deal with. Verse number one. But it came to pass within a while after in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go in to my wife into the chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her, therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, now, I, now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes. What did you think about that? Three, caught 300 foxes, took firebrands, and turned tail to tail, and put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, uh, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up 
and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the, of the rock Etam. Remember how the last chapter ended? Samson had been deceived by his pagan wife and angry referred to her as a heifer, you know. And then he, after killing 30 men, stealing their garments to pay off his gambling debt, he ran home to his daddy and mama. Boy, that's some guy, isn't it? You know, how godly is that? Then we saw the response of Samson's father-in-law to Samson's departure. The, the way he saw it, Samson wasn't coming back. And he verbalizes that to Samson when Samson did come back. We're not told how much time had passed. It says it came to pass within a while after. So it had been a while. It wasn't like he came right back. Uh, he, uh, he gave his daughter to be married to one of Samson's drinking buddies that was at the wedding feast. And so... The marriage had not been consummated. Remember, there were seven days that they had the feast going on, and it, they, on the seventh day is when they answered the riddle. And when they answered Samson's riddle, he got rattled and and uh, and left. He got mad and left. And so the the marriage was not physically consummated on the marriage night, uh, which would have been the end of the seven day feast. And understand that for Samson to leave prior to the marriage being consummated was a great disgrace to the bride and the bride's family. It'd be similar to the groom not showing up for the wedding day. That's not too cool either, is it? You know, being, be, call it being jilted, right? Think, but uh, that brings us to chapter 15 here. First we see that Samson decided he wanted to make up with his wife and consummate the marriage after all, according to verse number 1. And remember that this is the woman that he told his mother and father that he just had to have her. You know, I just got to have her. And apparently the, the florist and the jeweler and the chocolate shops were all closed, so he did the next best thing. He took her a baby goat. I don't think it would work with most women. I guess he thought that would make up for the outbursts of anger that he had. Uh, us men need to learn a lesson here, right? Yeah. We can't, can't always make... The, Make things right with our wife by buying her flowers, chocolate, jewelry, or even a goat. Remember, you know, we're supposed to be learning from this account here. Next, we see the father-in-law's response to Samson's return. There in the latter part, he said, I didn't think you were coming back. No doubt he was amazed that Samson had returned, and I don't think he ever expected to see Samson again. He was convinced that Samson wanted nothing more to do with his daughter and because of how she had deceived him. And he offered a younger daughter to Samson, but Samson wasn't having any of that. You know, he, was, uh, he was incensed that his wife got taken by somebody else. Samson then chose to respond to this perceived wrong with vengeance. Uh, Samson never learned really how to respond the right way to wrongs against him. Uh, there's no question at least in Samson's mind, that he had been wronged. Now, he had some wrong on his part too, right? He did. Uh, but he, he never learned how to use being wronged as a, an opportunity to please God. He never 
learn to use being wronged as an opportunity to evaluate the path that he was on. Yeah, God should have been thinking about, well, you know, what if I had uh, responded differently? Um, but he didn't do that. He never used it as an opportunity to grow. And understand tonight, Samson is not the first or last person who struggled with feelings of wanting revenge. So what's wrong with seeking vengeance or revenge when we've been wronged? You know, this is what we need to learn out of this. Vengeance is wrong, number one, because it violates the Scriptures. It does. It violates both the Old Testament and New Testament Scripture. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 35, God says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. And Paul reiterates that in Romans chapter number 12 in verse 19. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. He, he acknowledges that that's still in, uh, in the Scripture and it's still uh, applicable. So vengeance is wrong because it violates the Scriptures. Vengeance is wrong because it places our desire over God's purposes. There's no question that God had a definite reason to allow this event to occur in Samson's life. He knew how Samson was going to respond. You know, we've said before, God knows, God foreknows how we're going to respond in each situation. But we saw in Judges 14, verse number 4, when he was trying to get this, uh, this woman uh, as his wife, it says in verse 4, but his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. God was in what was going on here, but Samson did not do right in what he was doing. Uh, but God used it anyway. We know that God always has a reason for what he allows to come in a person's life, whether it's good or bad. Amen? And Romans 8.28 bears that out. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, God still used this situation to prevent Samson from following through on a wicked marriage choice. You know, he didn't get married to her. Yeah. Now, he, was, he was choosing to marry her, but it, uh, he didn't follow through on it. And uh, God saw to, to that. Number two thing, God used it for him to see the wickedness of the Philistines up close and personal. When he see what the Philistines did to his wife and his, and his wife's dad, you know, they were going to burn them with fire if she didn't get the answer, remember? The answer to the riddle. Um, she was basically cooked either way. Uh, but we see that uh, he could see how wicked they were. The Philistines were brutal. There was a reason why God wanted people like this driven out of the promised land. And so the Lord raised up judges who were supposed to help the people see their sinfulness. And they were supposed to lead the people back to doing what God wanted them to do. And they were to be the deliverers of God's people. And when we think about Samson's God-given purpose, it's so sad to think that instead of initially fighting the enemy, he was lusting after them, making friends with them, and playing with them by uh, gambling with them with the riddle. Now, this event could have and should have caused Samson to rise up and accomplish the work that God called him to do. And he, he is going to uh, you know, fulfill God's purpose in his life, but um, 
Samson didn't stop long enough to consider God's purposes because he was a man who really, what we see is he's driven by his own selfish desires here. So vengeance is wrong because it violates Scripture. Vengeance is wrong because it places our desire over God's purpose. And number three, vengeance is wrong because it causes us to try to justify sin. Now, I want you to note Samson's justification there in verse number three. He says, now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines. And in verse seven, he says, though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. Now, Samson knew right from wrong, yet he tried to justify his sin. Uh, When he got the honey from the lion, did he know it was wrong for him to do? He did, didn't he? Sure did. How do we know that he knew that it was wrong for him? Because he didn't let mom and dad know what he did. He kept it from them. When he killed those 30 men to get their garments, did he know that it was wrong? Yeah, he knew. How do we know that he knew it was wrong? Because in verse 3 there, when he says, Now shall I be more blameless, which tells us he knew he wasn't blameless before. And uh, you know, we must uh, avoid thinking that we have a right to do wrong when, we be, when we've been wronged. Well, they did that to me. I've got a right to get back at them. Well, uh, what does the Scripture say? Vengeance will cause us to try to justify our sin. A fourth thing His vengeance is wrong because it causes us to act like unbelievers. You know, sometimes we see Samson behave no better than the cruel and wicked Philistines. You know, people getting hurt. And he was just acting like one of them. And just reading the story, you can't tell much difference between Samson and, and, and these that didn't know God at all. Except that God got him through it because God had a purpose in his life. God got him through this unscathed this time. Uh, There's no doubt that Samson was called to be a judge of Israel. I'm not disputing that at all. In that capacity, Samson was supposed to be a representative of the Most High God. Think about that. He should have been doing that judgeship with that purpose in mind. He was to lead Israel in the ways of the Lord. He was to be all of this as well as being Israel's deliverer. The fifth thing I want you to see here is that vengeance is wrong because it causes us to distort the Lord. Did the Lord use Samson? Absolutely. Absolutely. He wound up judging Israel really for 20 years. We, don't, we just see a small smackering right here of, of his life. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith chapter. We know that it speaks of his faith. Was Samson's life full of good character for believers to emulate? I have never heard one message on anything to emulate in his life other than his faith. Okay. Um, and uh, we, we, uh, we see that to be the case. Now, we're going to come back next week, Lord willing. We, we're gonna, that's, that's our Bible study for this evening. But Lord willing, we, next week we're going to look at Judges 15, verses 9 through 17. And we're going to look at having the right view of evil. Um, because he's going to have another, he's going to have another clash with the the Philistines. One of one of many clashes that he had with them, and uh, we'll we'll take a look at that. Amen. Well, let's let's pull out our our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs, and we'll be dismissed.